Hello, and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Here we go, here we go, here we go. I want to start off by reading a declaration. How convenient. Psalms chapter number 91. Verse number one through 13, here's what it says. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Let me pause and say that there's some King James people in here. uh, That this, uh, this, this verse hits different in King James. He that dwelleth. See that woke up seven people right there. In the secret place shall abide under the, uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm still reading NLT. I just wanted to pacify those King James people. Here's what it says in verse number two. This I declare about the Lord. Would you say that with me? This I declare about the Lord. One more time, real loud. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and just see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Some good declarations right there. Then to just change some some attitudes for a couple of people just to hear God's word declared over you. This is what we want to do when we talk about declarations. So bow your heads, let's pray over the word before we jump in, shall we? Holy Spirit, give us boldness to declare. Amen. Now, I'm telling you right now, based on the way the nine o'clock service went, I will be a little more ethnic than usual today. (laughs) My attitude, the way it's set up, I just feel something. My head's been bopping all morning. I can't stop it. So I'm just making that disclaimer now uh, 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 that a little bit more of me is going to come out because I, I just feel something as it relates to this because my whole life has been set up by declaring God's word. My entire life has been set up by standing on God's word. I love inspirational speakers. I love motivational speeches. I love to hear people uh, uh, that have something good to say, but nothing is going to stick to me like God's word. Nothing is gonna change the atmosphere like God's word. Nothing is gonna change the perspective like God's word. So when we talk about declarations, the reason why I read Psalm 91 is because uh, the writer of, of this psalm and many other psalms takes the time to declare 
what he knows to be true about God in the midst of his present circumstance. When declarations go forth and we and we are bold enough to speak up and reveal what we believe to people or to a situation, we are standing on something that is eternal and cannot come back void. Declarations for a believer are absolutely important. So I want to give you the definitions of uh, declare. I want to I want to give you the context of it so you can have an understanding why at Embassy City Church we declare so much. So that's the question that I'll answer uh, is why does Embassy City Church declare so much? Why do we do these declarations before we get into the word? Well, the reason why we do those is to open up our heart to really tell ourselves, I'm going to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to say. By opening up your heart in that manner, you are declaring that whatever is coming in is good for me to grow in my relationship with Christ. Let me give you some definitions. Definition of declare, to make known or state clearly, especially in explicit or formal terms. Have you ever met a person like this that declares something to the point that your only response is, why don't you tell us how you really feel? Right. They are making it known. They are stating it clearly, especially in explicit or formal terms to declare one's position in a controversy. It's one way that we give an example to that. There's another uh, definition to announce officially, to proclaim, to declare a state of emergency or to declare a winner. The next one to state emphatically. He declared that the allegation was a lie. There's a lot of people declaring that right now. In 2019. Sila. This last definition to manifest, to reveal, to show. Her attendance at the rally declared her political allegiance. It, there's a manifestation, there's a revealing, there's a showing. When you declare something, you are stating it emphatically, you are manifesting or revealing something that someone has not known, and you are making it. Very, very clear and in no uncertain terms, this is how I feel or this is what I believe. So why? Why does Embassy City declare so much? Point number one, please write this down. We want everyone to know. It's pretty simple. That's why we declare, because we want everybody to know. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number 10, verses 9 and 10. Uh, if you openly declare, can I just pause right there? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. There's a reason why we openly declare our salvation and our faith in Jesus Christ, because we want everybody to know. Now, we live in a culture, in a society now that, that our faith is almost on a need to know basis. I'm a Christian, but I won't tell you because I don't know if you're going to like it. No, no, you can't talk to me for 30 minutes and not, two th not know a couple of things. Number one, I love Jesus. Number two, I love my wife. Number three, I love carrot cake. 
Now, don't ask me why number three was before my kids. <laughs> they gonna leave one day, but that carrot cake? <laughs> you can't talk to me for 30 minutes and not know that. I'm just gonna declare it to you. Not to get into an argument with you, not to debate you. You just need to know where I stand. I love Jesus. I love Juliet. I love Carrie Cake. I love Nathan and Noah. But they're gonna leave soon. But that Carrie Cake. <laughs> I'm just declaring what it is. I was born and raised in uh, uh, Inglewood, California, uh, d during the height of uh, gang violence. And, and, and people were dying senselessly in the streets, declaring colors. Now, the way, the way my logic was set up, it never made sense to me. That you would die for a color that you didn't make. <laughs> a bandana that, that you did not make yourself. Your grandmama didn't crochet it. You died for a street that you didn't own. All to declare the allegiance to your set. Sub homie. You declared allegiance to a hood, to a color, to a gang. I had to survive all of that. Do you honestly think that I was going to give my life to Jesus Christ and be silent about that? Now, a declaration to make known does not mean that you're debating somebody else. It just means you are telling people where you stand. Write this down. A declaration is not a disagreement. I'm going to say it again. A declaration is not a disagreement. It is a revelation. Here is what I believe. My father-in-law was a man who hated God. If you brought up God's name or talked about uh, uh, scripture or, or church to my father-in-law, he, he would throw a fit and go into a rage and be ready to fight and all this kind of stuff. And uh, then his daughter married a preacher. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and uh, he lived in Jamaica. He was born and raised in Jamaica. I lived in the States for for a few decades and then moved back to Jamaica. And um, uh, so we would fly down to go see him because Juliet would always go see her father annually uh, in Jamaica because she's a beach bunny and she loves being down by the sand and the, and the water. So we, we flew down to Jamaica and uh, I, I checked the currency rate uh, for the Jamaican currency to the American dollar. And so then I pulled out uh, a few hundred and uh, folded it up real tight and went in to go meet uh, this man that didn't like God and just gave him one of them holy handshakes. Just praise the Lord. And he's like, hmm. Uh. Well, maybe not all preachers are bad. Maybe. <laughs> Every time I went there, I gave him money. 
Scripture says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. That has nothing to do with a spiritual gift. It was written in the Old Testament. It's a bribe. <laughs> you can't get into the club, hand the bouncer a stack, all of a sudden a red velvet rope. How'd you get in? My gift made room for me. <laughs> did the preacher just tell people to bribe? Yes, absolutely I did. It's in the Bible. The, the bribe has never been the issue. The motive behind the bribe is. Read your Bible. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. I kept giving them money. And all of a sudden, every time I came down, son! <laughs> so good to see my son. So glad you married this man. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> well, uh, in, in 2011, he, he fell uh, and injured himself in a way that uh, bound him to a wheelchair. Uh, then he found out that he had uh, uh, got lung cancer. And he got lung cancer. His health started to decline uh, very rapidly. In January of 2012, uh, uh, my uh, uh, sister-in-law, my wife, uh, his ex-wife, they all flew down to go see him and to be with him and to uh, 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 see how he was doing. And I could not go because I was in Australia. So I recorded uh, on the iPad a video of me just greeting my father-in-law. And I decided, you know what, I might as well take a shot and, and see if he wants to give his life to Jesus Christ. It's, in, it's on the iPad and so he can't punch me in the face. Um, you know, the only thing he can do is crack the screen. So Juliet went down there and, and showed him the video and, and he watched the video and, it, and, for, oh, and then I was like, hey, dad, you know, I've been praying for you and, and maybe your heart would be open to receiving Jesus Christ. And the, and the smile went away and he just watched it. And when it was over, he just kind of flipped the iPad and was like, mm, yeah, no. Well, on the day that they were to leave, they were all leaving. And, and, and my father in law calls Juliet and she says, uh, uh, what, 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 what do you need, Dad? And he goes, when is Tim coming? And she said, well, I don't know, Dad. He, he can't come now, but, but, but he's going to come when he gets back from Australia. And he said, okay. So the next month, February, I just so happened, I, I need you to understand that, that, that uh, th there's no word for uh, uh, coincidence in the Hebrew language. Nothing just happens. But I just so happened to have to preach in Dothan, Alabama, the second week of February, home of the peanut. They were so happy about that, they had a whole banner. Welcome to Dothan, the home of the peanut. And so I'm down there with the home of the peanuts and Mr. Mr. Planters and whoever else is down there. And, and I, get a, I get a call that, that my, my, my father's health has declined severely and that I needed to get to Jamaica. So I took a flight uh, uh, from uh, Florida to uh, Jamaica and I got there and um, I walked into the room and he was skin on bones. His health had deteriorated. He was in the last uh, stages uh, of his life. And I walked in and you guys know how I am. I'm like this everywhere. And so I walked into what was a grim situation. I was like, daddy! I came to see you. And he, and he lifted his body, his frail body up in the bed and he went, I need you to pray for me. And I said, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I came. I came to pray for you. 
And so uh, uh, his, his other children told me that he hadn't slept in about three days and, and he was acting very erratic. And I began to declare God's word over him and over the room. And the whole atmosphere of that room changed as I began to pray and declare over him. And this peace came over him. And he began to uh, uh, settle down and he fell asleep and he just began to rest. He was sleeping so peacefully, he was still holding my hand from the prayer. So after about 15 or 20 minutes, as I realized he was sleeping comfortably, I tried to ease my hand away so I could go to the bathroom. And he woke up and grabbed my hand and clenched it and was like, mm-mm. Just with his eyes, like, stay right here. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so about, about another 15 minutes later, I tried to slide my hand out again, and he woke up again. And I was like, okay. So about 90 minutes later, while I'm still holding it, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to get your Bible and read Romans 10, 9, 10 to him. I was like, okay. So I, I slipped my hand out. He woke up and I'm like, I, I, I want to get my Bible real quick. And I go over and get my Bible. And now remember, the Holy Spirit just told me to read it to him, right? Sometimes I don't listen. So I, I turned to Romans 10, 9 and 10, and I put it right in front of his face. And I said, dad, can you read that? And he said, no. And it was like the Holy Spirit was like, bro, for real? <laughs> Did you hear what I told you? <laughs> This guy's kind of on his deathbed. So, so I take the book and, 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 and I read what I just read to you all. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you, you will be saved. I said, Dad, do you believe that? And he leaned up in the bed and he said, oh, I do. I said, oh, well, then you're saved. And he laid back down in the bed and he just kept looking at me like, is that it? I was thinking to myself, you could have done this a long time ago, sir. Like, I don't know which, who scarred you, but this is it's pretty simple. 7.30 p.m. February 15th is when he gave his life to Jesus. 7.35 a.m., he met Jesus. He died 12 hours later. He received Jesus Christ because he believed in his heart and declared with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, some evangelistic purists might say, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't send him to the sinner's prayer. How convenient. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. So how about that? <laughs> and kind of the way his last stages of breath were set up, I don't think he had the lung capacity to be like, Lord, Lord, I believe, I believe. We get so fixated on how we think people should come into the kingdom that I think all of y'all are going to be shocked when you get up there and find out, Chris, you made it up here. I never saw you do nothing except smoke weed all day and move to Denver. Because it's leaked. Never mind. Um, we want everyone to know. 
And, and it's not to start a debate. It's not to get in a fight. We just want everyone to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's just where I stand. I'm not after you. I'm not, I'm not against what you, something for you. I'm just telling you, I stand on the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. That's my declaration. So point number two, please write this down. I know you're going to think it sounds just like point number one, and that's because it does. Point number two is we want everyone to know. Tim, you already said that. What's the problem? Nothing. Just want to give you a different understanding of why we want everyone to know. Daniel chapter number three uh, is this incredible uh, narrative of King Nebuchadnezzar who erects a 90 foot gold statue that he uh, uh, wants everyone in the land to uh, bow down to. He wants them to bow down to this statue and uh, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, I don't call them by their slave names, their mama called him Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and I'm going to call him that. So uh, 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 Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they, they are working for the government. They are working for King Nebuchadnezzar when, when, when he makes this edict that everyone has to bow down to this gold statue that has been made. And there, there's an interesting narrative and conversation that happens between them starting at the 14th verse of Daniel chapter number three. Here's what it says. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But... If you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the burning service. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Now, can I just pause and say this is the kind of society we're living in now. We are living in a society where uh, uh, there is an affront against uh, the way that we believe to the point that there's threats that, hey, listen, we can change policy. We can change procedure. We can change law. And then what you're going to do with your God? That sounds like a challenge. I, you know, I told you I was, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm feeling my California side today. I don't like being challenged like that. It sounds like you said you was about to do something. <laughs> and when you grow up in the hood, you just can't be talking like that. It's slightly reckless. And you know, uh, what you gonna, you know, you, you. What'd you think was gonna happen when you said that? <laughs> what do you think I was gonna do? And now I live in Texas, gun laws looser. <laughs> what'd you think was gonna happen? I got a concealed handgun license. What, what, what'd you think was gonna happen? Right? Cops outside. What'd you think was gonna happen? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out. Cause I mean, it, it, it don't have to be nothing. Right? So. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, I love the honor because you can declare your position without disrespecting the opposition. Ooh, that was good right there. I'm going to say that again. You can declare your position without disrespecting the opposition. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Can I pause? Our faith doesn't need 
your defense. You can stand in it. I, 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 I know that I know that there's some there, there's some people that want to debate what it is that, that, that we feel that want to debate what it is that we believe. But but it doesn't need to be defended to the point that we're hostile with each other. You can state your position. You can tell them why you believe what you believe. And you can rest in the fact that God has been here before this individual. He is alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's going to be okay if somebody disagrees with you. Here's what it says. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. That's some good faith right there. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. You see the respect is still there? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, oh, your majesty, we respect you, we work for you. This next verse is what I love. This is where all my attitude is coming from. This is where all my head bopping is coming from. I can't even hold it. It started at 9 o'clock, it won't stop, okay? (laughs) I was trying to bring it in, I can't make it happen. Okay, so if you're just going to go with it. But even if he doesn't, you see, I just, I just don't think they said it without no sauce. To, I'm just saying, y'all, has anybody ever just tried to come at you in such a way that you was like, you don't want anybody beside me that, that just, just, you don't want to do that today. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't want this today. But even if he doesn't. We want to make it clear to you, declaration, your majesty, no disrespect. I'm still calling you by your full title, but you need to know something right now. I'm so sorry. I can't even control my voice now. I'm I'm out here now. Listen. (laughs) Oh, I feel this thing in my chest. Uh, Let me start from the top. I mean, I'm going to try to get through the whole sentence. But even if he doesn't, (laughs) we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. We just want everybody to know. I know society is changing. I know the laws could change. But we just want to let you know we will never do this. We will never do that. I need you to know, I'm prepared to go to jail. It's going to be all good. Paul went to jail. Peter went to jail. Prison ministry broke out. <laughs> then they somehow broke out. And it was all good. Listen, listen, I know we live in a first world country and we have the freedom of speech and people can say whatever they want to say. But I'm I'm just telling you, 25 years from now, the laws could change and it could be very, very hard for a believer to really just declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. I'm cool to do it from the pen. It's fine. There are people suffering much worse halfway across the world. They're literally dying for their faith. They are being killed because of what they believe. They're being killed because of what they declare. I'm not going to be afraid of a law being passed or some people that might not agree with what I declare. But I'm going to declare it because I just want to make sure everybody knows. Okay. Point number three. Please write this down. He wants everybody to know. We want everybody to know. 
guess what? How convenient. He wants everybody to know. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number eight, starting at the first verse. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Anybody happy about that one statement right there? There is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Verse three is long for a reason. There's so much to cover. Thank you, Paul, for taking your time writing this. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Can I stop right there? By a show of hands, how many people break the speed limit? Tell the truth, shame the devil. All right, 97% of the people raised their hands. The other 3% have not finished their defensive driver's test. And you don't want to be incriminated by raising your hand. All the money spent on metal to stick these little posties in the ground and hang these signs up so you can do the speed limit and be safe and you just readily raise your hand. I don't do that. In a 45, I do 50. Seven. <laughs> In a 70, I do 85. In an 85, I'm on the Autobahn. <laughs> For all the millions of dollars that are spent posting safe speed limits around this country, you just readily admit it that you break it. So God had to do something that the law couldn't do. Because left to your own devices, you're going to always break the law. Even if you try to keep it, you're going to break it. So God had to do what the law could not do. So he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared. What did he do? What did he do? One more time, real loud. What did he do? In that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Let me tell you something about how heaven works. Heaven is uh, the most, the spiritual realm is the most legal environment uh, in the universe. Uh, it, it operates uh, uh, based on the word and words of a king. So when the enemy comes uh, uh, to accuse the brothers and the sisters in the faith, He's telling the truth. See, we say the devil is a liar. He lies to us. He, 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 he's out to deceive us. He cannot lie to God. Scripture says that a liar will not tarry in God's presence. A liar cannot stay in God's presence. So when the enemy shows up to accuse you, he's telling the truth. He is operating as a prosecuting attorney and he has facts on you. He has receipts on you. He has all the information on you. And when he shows up, he says, you know, Tim did it, right? I got it when he was in 1979. I was only four. 
But he stole them cookies from the cookie jar. He scooped all the Vaseline out of the jar, put it on his face, lied straight to his parents and said he didn't do it. I was four. I was just a really cute, chubby sinner. Okay? Grow up, Tim stole some stuff from his friends. Tim lied to his parents. Tim has done some incredible things that, that, that go against your law. And so you know what the law says. The law says that Tim should have the death penalty. He needs to be stoned to death. He needs to be burned at the stake. You need to kill him. But remember that God did something that the law could not do. He sent his son, and in his son's body, he paid for something that I should have been responsible for. He shows up to the courtroom and presents all these facts on Tim Ross. And God looks at the prosecuting attorney. Thank you so much for providing me the information. And then looks at me without even uh, a cross-examination and slams the gavel and says, he's not guilty. What? I just gave you all this information. He's guilty. He's guilty as charged. And he looks over the facts again and he goes, he's not guilty. I declare he's not guilty. I declare there's no shame on him, and I declare there's no more condemnation over him. Where'd this come from? Well, somebody already decided to die for him. That whole death penalty, somebody paid for it. Well, oh, okay, he died for Tim. What about Sarah? Well, somebody died for her, too. What about Monica? Yeah, somebody died for her, too. What about Christian? Yeah, somebody died for him, too. What about Toby? Yeah, somebody died for him, too. It, who, who, who can I get? Well, really, can't get anybody that believes in Jesus. Now, there's some people that, so, that, that, that will go, no, 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 don't say that. Because if you say that, then you're going to just give people a license to go out and do whatever they want. No, 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 no. I don't know anybody that knows that they should have been dead for what they did, that finds out somebody else paid for it, and decides not to start doing the speed limit. Let me tell you how the speed limit can be accomplished. Cruise control. What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> you keep going over the speed limit. You keep getting tickets. You keep having to pay something. You find out that you were supposed to go to jail because it's like your 17th time. And somebody paid for all of your tickets and paid and went to your class and did your hours and, and, and now you're, the way that you want to respond is, I, I want to do the speed limit, but my foot, the way my foot is set up, <laughs> it's just so heavy. I know that was a school zone officer. I know I was doing 90, but I, the way <laughs> my foot, until I look down, I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you something about cruise control. When you set cruise control, it stays where you set it. If you just take your foot off the gas, it will keep you doing the limit of speed that you need to do. The Holy Spirit is your cruise control. If you would take your foot off the pedal of your life, the Holy Spirit would do the speed limit because he's not tempted by what you're tempted by. Let me put it another way. He don't like what you like. So if you set it for 45, guess what? He'll do. He'll be, I'll, I'll do 45 because I don't like 50. Somebody would die at 50. So I will do this 45. 
He's declared us innocent. And because of that declaration, I have a declaration. Jesus Christ is Lord. And God raised him from the dead. There are some things that I believe in that I will never go against. There are some things that I want to do that I will never do again, not because I'm good, but because he's great on the inside of me. I have a governor on the inside of me now. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he sets the controls as to the way the pace of my life should look. And I do not put my foot on the gas. As a matter of fact, I got out of the driver's seat. And I let him drive for me. I declare over you today that there are some things that are going to change because you are allowing God to have his word manifest in you. So I'm going to end this service in the way that I ended uh, the previous service. I, I, I want to speak some words of affirmation and declaration over you. I do this with my kids every single night. started doing this with them when they were two years old. And what I practiced uh, with them and rehearsed with them is that whatever I spoke over them, their response had to be, I receive it. And so uh, after every statement that I make over you, as I declare these words to my friends and my family of Embassy City Church, uh, I want you to respond in kind by simply saying, I receive it. We good? Good. I love you. I am pleased with you. You are good. You are loved. You are strong. You are brave. You're bold. You are influential. You're a leader. You are honest, vulnerable, transparent. You are a winner. You are beautiful. You're handsome. You are nice. You are nice. You're going to be nice. I just declared the attitudes out of the room. You are righteous. You are loved. And you are godly. I declare this over you all in private all the time. I'm so grateful I got to do it publicly. There is something that God has put on the inside of you that if you would start believing about yourself would change the atmosphere around you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.